0: Welcome to New
1: Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks with the hottest takes of 2020. My name is Brandon. I'm Eric. And I'm Ben. Each week, we're looking at two albums released in 2020. Tonight, we're kicking things off with Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist's
2: Alfredo. And we'll wrap things up with RTJ4 by Run the Jewels.
0: so, as I said, like, at the end of... Uh, last episode is this week with both Run the Jewels and Freddie Gibbs coming up. This was this was uh, one of the highest expectations uh, for both uh, for both albums that I had going into it. And with Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist, I will say I was a hair disappointed, but that's not to say this is a bad album. I think this was very good, but I just had really really high expectations for this. I don't think they were quite
2: met. Yeah, my expectations definitely were not met. I don't think it was a bad album, but it didn't really impress me at all like his previous work has, and I thought it was probably mediocre at worst, decent at best. Wasn't a huge fan of it.
1: I felt exactly the same as Ben. I I had never listened to Freddie Gibbs before, so I didn't really have any expectations going in, but I mean, yeah, it was not a bad album, but it was... Not really much more than a decent album either, to me.
0: This was definitely a lot better than Decent, in my opinion. I, I really like this. This was definitely the album that West Side Gun wishes his album was. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the gun sounds are back.
2: I about fell
1: uh, out of my Benny, chair the first well, time yeah. I heard those.
2: Because Benny the Butcher is, um, no. uh, he's, uh, he's with uh, West Side Gun, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Ben, both Benny the Butcher and Conway the Machine are on the same uh, label right. as, uh, as West Side Gun, the Griselda. Griselda, it's right. It's like the Griselda crew. Griselda. Griselda. Uh, boop, 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 boop. And that does lead me somewhat into another thing that I said towards the end of the episode last week was with uh, The Alchemist. I had never really heard of him, and I think you guys uh, were in agreement with me that we had never really heard of him before. Yeah,
2: me neither. Uh,
0: I looked him up this week. It's a it's a little bit of a shame on us that we had not heard of him before. <laughs> uh, this dude came up with Mob Deep in the 90s as like
2: one of their I know, like, I saw that. Yeah, producers. this guy is a big
0: name. He's Eminem's official DJ right now. And he has worked with Action Bronson, Domo Genesis, Earl Sweatshirt, uh, Mobb Deep, as mentioned before, Rock Marciano, Schoolboy Q, the whole Griselda crew, like Eminem, obviously, like, I mean, this dude, like, this dude's got quite the resume. And I, I was honestly surprised. I had never heard of, him, heard
2: of him before this. I had heard of him, but I just didn't know, like, anything about him or, or his productions. So, yeah, yeah um, I mean, and, you know. A recurrent theme: We know jack shit about what we're talking about.
1: So, I mean, yeah. I, I had heard the name, and it pro- I had probably heard it in the context of Mob Deep, but I, yeah, I had never, never checked this guy out. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't claim myself to be deep into the rap game or anything either. So,
0: yeah, I, I think of us three, Ben might be the deepest into it. I'm not, I don't know, but me or you? I mean, yeah. you listen to a lot of rap as well. I, I was really surprised I never heard of him, and also he completely orchestrated the entire soundtrack for Grand Theft Auto
1: V. Did he really? Well, him and Tangerine Dream, which is, I mean, they're no joke either.
0: Yeah, like, um, so, I, once again, I was just really surprised i never heard of him, and with all that being said, get kind of bringing it back to the music a bit, I think he did a pretty solid job. I mean, it sounded well, the beats are pretty good, um, the instrument, the instrumentals are, for the most part, good, but, I don't think there's any point. Oh, that's not entirely true. Um, the only point where I like made note of the instrumentals was on "Babies and Fools," and just like it was just like a really like uh, sinister sound. It and, was, yeah. And um, I and I don't know what the sample was for that song, but it sounded really familiar. Um, but it was really good. I, I
2: really, really like that song. Oh, actually, no, I'm thinking of their... Actually, that was one of my least favorite beats. That I was that also was... one of my least favorite beats. Yeah, I did oh. not like that one at my all God, for some, some so reason. I just said, <laughs> it was, on I said it was boring. Well, that's yeah, all that I wrote. was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about a different one, but yeah, I think the beats were definitely solid. I think a lot of my um, uh, lack of ability to warm up to this album is because I had come off listening to his 2014 album, Pinata. Um, God, that, that album. so good. I was to a bunch in the last month or so. And the beats on that, which were produced by Madlib, um, are just phenomenal and are so deep and layered and variegated and just really, really stunning that compared to that, I think these just feel, they fall flat for me, probably just because of what I've been, you well, know, listening so these, to
1: I mean, prior to this, I think just set my expectations so high. Well, I mean, these were, I, I thought, pretty flat beats, like... I don't think these fell flat because you were coming yeah, from was something expecting better. A I think little they're more just kind of flat beats. And it's it's not that's not to say flat beats are yeah, bad. It's a it's yeah. a particular style and it works, you know. But yeah, they I were don't think it very works with Freddie Gibbs like gangsta rap style. No, thing. it doesn't. He's I these are the kind of beats you put on top of somebody who really truly has something to say in his wordplay. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean something to say like a message. I mean like, like somebody who's really good at playing with how they say things. It, it, you know, if the vocalist is interesting enough, you're looking for all those little mm-hmm. lyrical tricks and things that he's doing. These more down, you know, kind of downplayed, understated beats really help that vocalist shine. I didn't get anything in Freddie's work on this that was like I could have used something to mix the album up a little right. bit. Yes. Yeah, and
2: for me, the, I felt like the beats, in like on Pinata, the beats and the lyrics just complement each other extremely well. And on this album, I just kind of felt like, okay, here's the beat. Here's Freddie rapping over the beat. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of cohesion or interplay between the two parts.
1: And I mean, this is another situation where I think we're holding a high bar. None of this is to say this is a bad album or it fails as an album or anything. I mean, it sounds pretty no, good. Not it's at all. it's for the most part it sounds pretty good, but yeah. these are the reasons that we didn't love the album.
0: Yeah, this is yeah. for me this album's easy top half, good contender for top like quarter by the end of
2: the year. Um I, I but, don't even disagree with that. Yeah, it's definitely top half for me and I
0: yeah. I came into this album with top 10 expectations. Me too. Yeah, yeah this this will be
1: firmly in the top half by the end of the year. Yeah. But yeah, it's not going to be in my top ten.
0: Yeah, uh, one thing I do kind of want to, I, I do want to discuss a little bit more, even though uh, you didn't think it was a big deal, but because uh, me and Ben, we were super, uh, we had, we had super high expectations for this, and you had mentioned uh, pinata, which uh, is produced by Madlib, who is, I mean, to say Madlib's like the best in the game, or the uh, best of all time, as far as like producers go, is not necessarily a hot take.
1: You can defend that position. like yeah.
2: I, th- I think you can easily defend that position. I, I'll say this. As far as beats go, like his beats on Mad Villainy and his beats on Piñata, that's probably all I've heard of Mad Lid, but those two albums alone put him as a contender for the best beat maker of all
1: time. Mad Villainy alone puts some Mad Villainy yeah. alone, I agree. <laughs> as yeah. someone that doesn't <laughs> like that album
2: that much,
0: I completely yeah. agree. And uh, The Alchemist, he does a good job in my opinion. Yeah. But he's having to live up to Mad Lid. Right. Nobody or very, very few people can do that. So do you think that kind of feeds into your feelings on this album?
2: I think it does. You know, it just, as I might it's just like living my, in yeah, the shadow of greatness. Exactly. It like the expectations couldn't help but be colored by that experience. Uh, like, as I said though before as well, I mean, I still think the beats here are decent. You know, they're not bad by any means. I thought for the most part, I enjoyed them. I just felt like they didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference to me between a stripped-down beat and a beat that just kind of repeats and doesn't add much layering mm. to the to the composition. Uh,
0: but they're still solid. Yeah, one thing I do want to I do want to say when I mentioned the instrumentals on Babies and Fools, when i sang it was sinister. I actually was confusing it with a different song. Babies and Fools is like the real. It's like a really smooth jazz kind of yeah. beat. Just the do do do. Boo, boo doo. and like I don't know right. I really liked how it sounded
1: it's kind of like a almost like a tribe called Quest E um, I mean that was a great great sample choice I just think he needed to mangle it a little more he needed to chop it a little more mm-hmm. I, it, it was a little too underproduced I think but an absolutely right. great sample and a good enough sample that it doesn't ruin the song to just play it out but
2: mm-hmm. I would have liked
1: to see a little bit more
2: and you mentioned the word sinister. That there were at least a couple tracks on here that did feature uh, that. Frank sinister. Lucas was, Frank Frank was Lucas the one I know for sinister. Frank Lucas and God is perfect. I was thinking. Yeah, Frank Lucas. I really like the beat on that as well as God is perfect. I think he did the kind of the hardcore sinister, just really deep and and uh, unsettling stuff. Those were among my favorites of the beats mm-hmm. on this album for sure. I
1: think my yeah, favorite uh, beat was something to rap about. Yeah, yeah
0: I, um, Tyler kills it on that song. Yeah. Tyler does such a good had such a great
1: verse on that. Well, song. I think that's part of why I liked it is with those stripped down beats, something like a really great verse it right. works.
0: And also these beats with Tyler I think work way better than they work with Freddie. Yeah, I would agree with that. And well and seeing so we haven't really talked about him a whole lot so far in the How did how did you feel Freddie Gibbs did on the album? I thought he I thought he was great.
2: Like I thought his delivery yeah, was is. great as always. his rapping's good. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't. Um, I I think I will say this, like when I listen to him, he's in kind of an interesting position because he's a rapper who is rapping about the same thematic stuff, you know, that's been going on since forever, like just the hardcore gangster stuff, bragging Mm -hmm. about how many women he bags, how many drugs he sells, how many cars he has, all that stuff. So because that's been done to death, in order for that to work, Everything else about his music has to be really good. And so I feel like on Pinata it worked great because even though the themes were familiar and I kind of get tired of that kind of stuff, but the music was just so good with it. The composition was so good. Here it's like, yeah, it's still good, but like if if it was worse than this, I would just be kind of annoyed by it, you know?
0: I thought this was a pretty good, like, kind of throwback to like the gangster rap era while still sounding pretty modern.
2: Yeah. Um, no, I think he does a great job of modernizing it. I really do. It's just that, you know, he's got that threshold. He's got to make it interesting. Otherwise, it just gets old really fast.
1: Yeah. I mean, There's a, definitely I think a lyrical succeeded. pitfall there in rap in yeah. general. If you're going to just do the same tropes that people have been rapping about <laughs> literally since Tupac, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and I think Freddie's pen game isn't
0: the best... It's more not to say it's delivery. bad. Yeah, he. but yeah, his, it's delivery. It's his delivery yeah. and flow is what's really, really good with Freddy. Totally agree. Uh, and so I think that also kind of makes making Gangsta Rap interesting a little bit more difficult is the fact that he doesn't have these great lines. And once again, it's not like it's bad. It's not like his pen game's bad by no means. This is good. This is another one where it's sounding like an incredibly negative review. But I have almost nothing but positive feelings on this album, other than it just didn't quite live up to my expectations. Were there any... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead,
1: No, no, it's, I mean, yeah, it's just, we're here justifying why it didn't live up to expectations when we came in saying this, we're expecting a great album. I mean, not a bad album at all.
0: No, and I, I'm absolutely going to be listening to this album again. Now, uh, would I rather listen to Pinata or... Um, what's the other one he did with Mad Lib? I think it's called Banana. Ban- yeah. a bandana. Bandana. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. You were so close. It's <laughs> so of close, I just forgot about the D. I always forget the Never D. Never forget about the D, Brandon. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, just with Bandana and uh, Pinata, like they're, they're just so good. And looking at uh, this album in the context of this year... I would come back to this album, but I, as far as Freddie Gibbs go, I don't know why I'd listen to this one. I can listen to Bandana or Pinata. Right. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, that's always the question, right, is we talk about all this stuff in the context of other 2020 releases, but mm-hmm. honestly, I have not been super impressed with 2020 in general.
0: So I, Yeah, of- I have not
1: either. So to say this is a good album and like an an okay to good album in 2020 is not exactly high praise in music overall. Again, no, I agree. Again, it's still been kind a of a album, rough
2: year so far. We'll see if that changes throughout the year. Were there any particular tracks that stood out to you guys, either for better or for worse?
0: Um honestly not really. This yeah. a lot of this album kind of blended together. Um
1: and what by was the that end, weird little I, beep on Frank Lucas in the beat. Just like everyone was like, boop. oh, I didn't notice that. I, I
0: did, yeah, I did not, not catch that.
1: It was weird.
2: So, Rick Ross's feature was surprisingly good. I want to talk about Rick Ross's feature because, <laughs> like, has the man no shame? Like, even on a Freddie Gibbs album, he has to put that Maybach music not only before his verse but after his verse as well. Maybach music, <laughs> fuck off. Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> this is worse than I, funeral. I would rather hear funeral. I thought, I, I'll be honest, I thought his feature was pretty good. It was, it was okay. Like it, was it wasn't, like it didn't kill the album. I mean, it, was it wasn't, fine. yeah, like, it wasn't I don't lame. get the allure behind Rick Ross. Like he's a very, well, I don't get it. He's such a mediocre rapper and he features on like everyone and he appears to have no enemies in the rap game. Like, why do people like this guy
1: so much? He's, he's not, very he's kind
0: of like a likable DJ Cal. That's not completely useless.
1: I mean, Rick Ross is I never going to ruin yeah. an album or a song. He's never going to no, make another song. He's never going to improve
2: it. He's never going to improve it though.
1: Yeah, I, I will I will say
0: that his feature did not like blow me away. I was just like, "Oh hey, Rick Ross put in a pretty solid feature."
1: Like, what do you do when you want to replace, you know, a couple months of work with about 100,000? dollars Rick Ross. Rick Ross? Yeah. He was pretty
2: good on um on fan- on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy though.
1: I mean, I guess I mean, he was pretty decent. Everyone
2: was. But <laughs> that brings me to another thing I wanted to talk about, which is Earlier in the year, we've had some albums where there are really good rappers features on it, but they sounded like shit, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Which is, a, and this will tie into the next album as well, but I think whether a feature is good or not depends a lot more on the people arranging the main stuff than it does on the feature
1: themselves. And I think yeah, there's only so that much you can shows do if you just here. contribute a verse or like a guitar solo exactly. or something. I mean, you, I mean, look yeah. at if look the at, album's good, the feature's going to be good. If the album sucks, the feature's going to suck. What do you call it? Posein grandpa metal brendan small delivered one of the best guitar solos i've heard in years on that album and it doesn't mean it doesn't fucking matter exactly i mean yeah it's like you can do exceptional work and if the album and song isn't great so be it and kind of
0: like the opposite of that, going back to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy on "Monster." Jay Z's the song. The is called "Monster," and Jay Z literally has a verse about like goblins and Dracula
1: and shit, and it's just the corniest goddamn thing. But oh, it's so good. Everybody's yeah. just humoring old man Jay. Yeah.
2: And Nicki Minaj, I think, is a great addition to that album.
1: It's another Probably rapper the best who I, verse I normally Nicki Minaj ever did. I, it I, by is far, literally that. the best verse. Like, my it's far. not even
0: close, in my opinion. It's so good it made her career, and I'm horribly upset about it to this day.
1: Can you imagine how great it would have been if Nicki Minaj had continued to write verses like that and not gone pop? If she had just, like, she'd be so... Do you think she actually wrote that verse? I don't see why not. I, I mean, she can sing and she can rap. I think it's it's much more a problem of following the money than talent with her. Yeah.
0: See, I, just because none of her other work has ever even come close to that verse. Is why, I, like, I, I don't think she wrote that verse. I think Kanye wrote that. Would
1: Kanye well, ghostwrite? I feel theory. like he wouldn't.
2: <laughs> I mean, for his album, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Kanye had ghostwritten that for her, he would have made her say some line about how Kanye has the biggest dick in the world or something like that.
1: I think they so, still friends. And, yeah, there's actually, stuff on Yi for... Know. There's stuff where Kanye uses a line that she wrote, or at least it's implied on... Yay, or ye or however you say we're, it.
0: We're getting a little sidetracked on, on <laughs> this one.
2: Everything is yay. We live in a yay centric universe, it, it Brandon.
1: <laughs> Kanye West is the center of the universe. Why she would is. I talk about Alfredo when I could talk about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy? <laughs> 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 and that is how and I know it's his this favorite album. Yeah, of yeah, all like, time. That
0: is like, is, I know that's obviously a joke, but that is like kind of somewhat true. Like, why would we talk about this when we can talk about other really, really good music that Freddie Gibbs has done?
1: I mean, that, that's this album's problem is it's there's nothing wrong with the album itself. It's just not going to be in a conversation two years from now. And I am kind
0: of out of things to say at this point. Do You guys got anything more to add? No. Nope. All right. So now Killer Mike LP are back with... Run the Jewels for four, which is kind of their fifth album that they've done together. Uh, the 2012 uh, album that was under that was a Killer Mike solo project was fully produced by LP, and LP did have a feature on it. So that was so. This is kind of their fifth, but officially their fourth. And this was, as I said before, another album that I had incredibly high expectations coming into and. My ex- expectations were completely blown away by this album.
2: I also really, really enjoyed this album. It was the, quite impressive. Fuck, this album's so good.
1: I strongly disagree with both of you. <laughs> I knew we were going to You are
2: so fucking the silence.
0: Long. How is Mr... Like, you liked fucking Lil Wayne's album because you're from Atlanta, and you're going to say that Killer Mike, Mr. Atlanta Rap
1: is comes out of garbage i mean killer mike was fine a hundred percent of my problems with this album were lp really what, what i hated didn't you like every, every minute, minute of the production on this album i just really what i hated every minute of the production that is so hot that is
0: so completely wrong
1: no it's garbage it's so
0: not Uh no it, it is I, incredibly bass heavy I will say that.
1: Yeah, what the fuck is that? It's very like there are basic. frequencies above two kilohertz, O.P. <laughs> they exist, and you can use them. And the fact that you're both baritones to bass rappers means you cannot do that shit. Hard disagree. This album
0: sounded incredible. No,
1: no, it sounded bad. You're literally the only one that thinks that. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like.
0: I will agree. Uh, this it is an incredibly bass heavy. Uh, production. I will absolutely agree with that. And at times it is a little disorienting, especially on this song, Just. I actually had to turn the bass down, which is something I had not had to do all year uh, while listening to this, because it was... The bass on Just was a little disorienting.
1: Yeah, I, I, found, I found the bass heaviness, like, literally unlistenable. I mean, I didn't have any problem with the, the rap or the I mean, yeah, Killer Mike and Opie both did a good job with their verses and delivery and everything. Absolutely nothing wrong there, I just... And, and I know this is a preference thing, like, I know that I am subjectively hating this way more than it objectively deserves, but I just couldn't get into the production. And, and this is an album where I finished it and I'm like, ah, oh, I really didn't like that, and I know that's not correct. So I listened to it more times and on different systems and I just couldn't do it. I think a lot of it has to do with
2: how much we weigh production in our evaluation. And I think, Eric, I think you value that a lot more than I do, certainly. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know a lot more about production than I do, where I know basically jack shit. But my contention is that, like, even if the production is horrible, if the songwriting and the delivery itself is still great, then the album's still going to be pretty good. I think this album's better than pretty good. I think this album's
0: great. But I think I, this yeah, album I thought it was is
2: truly great. It was 39 minutes of straight fire. In like, my view, this yeah, is the be- like
0: the most angry, aggressive, in-your-face rapping I've heard in a fucking long time from both LP and and Killer Mike, and I
2: loved every fucking second of it. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most about this album. Was the fact that almost every single song was just explosive in your face, in your ears, rapid fire delivery, yet it didn't get old or tiresome for me. And that impressed me because that's hard to maintain.
0: And I really, really loved The Closer, a few words for The Firing Squad. Yeah. And because it kind of takes like a huge change of pace from the rest of the album. Like honestly, the instrumental for that song would sound in place off of Red by King Crimson. In my yeah. opinion, yeah, like it's just super proggy. Like,
2: I love the saxes on there. The saxes were great, yeah. Also, was that Jeff Bridges narrating? Oh, was it really? Was it? I, I don't know, it just <laughs> sounded like him. I didn't catch that, but I wonder, I bet you it's somebody relatively famous. I don't know. I though. wonder
1: if I can find it on the Wikipedia. I'm sure, we can look it up, yeah. That uh, was I mean, a I'm great gonna go post deeper than Wikipedia, but. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the like the, the low violins or violin effects whatever they were and then the, the kind of the wailing saxophone I thought was a great way to wrap up the album and to kind of I guess cushion the fall and 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 fade into something that was had a sense of finality to it. I thought was really well done. Really good use of features on this album as well. God, I love the features. 2 Chains. 2, two, Best, two Chains actually two, like this album was like, holy shit, 2 Chains could actually make some really good rap music if he wanted to. 2 Chains to. killed his feature. He did. And that kind of ties back with what we were talking about a few minutes ago about the quality of a feature being determined by the main artist and the arrangement. Like, Two Chain sounds fire on that track. Like, he sounds like he could keep pace with LP and Killer Mike, because and he does on the track. You know? Yeah. It's a,
1: it's a hell of a verse. And uh, I, can I can I disagree with a, a different example though? I, you are not permitted to disagree. I really did not like Zach de la Rocha's feature on Just. His verse was good, but him doing the chorus yeah. was. A little off but i right. did like his verse the verse also just didn't fit this the track at all like because like you right. were saying the the production's so bass heavy and but on top of being bass heavy it's aggressive it's distorted and stuff but it's it's clean whereas zach's sound is so Yeah, such a filthy sound you know right these were you know these this was distorted but it was it was clean distorted if that yeah, no, if I don't you know I what don't I'm trying to get at there. No, I, I, totally know I, I what get what you're, you're saying, at, yeah. and I don't entirely like he, disagree with it. I mean, it sounds like he phoned it in, not in like the figurative sense. Like, he, it literally sounds like he called <laughs> it on himself. cell phone. To be fair,
0: that's all he's ever sounded like on Rage Against yeah. the Machine. So. That's his signature yeah, reason, By the way, sure, this verse made me want a new
1: Rage Against the Machine album. I can't oh, believe I'm saying that. It's not going to happen, but it's not going to make me sad that this wasn't Rage Against the Machine.
2: Because it so wants to be,
1: and it doesn't live up. Yeah. I, will. I, I wondered, too, I, and maybe this is a stupid, stupid place to be, but I wondered if Zach wasn't on this album, if I would have never had Rage Against the Machine in my head going into this and would have liked it more.
2: Possibly. I think for me, it's just like nostalgia, like, holy shit, Zach is featured on something. I haven't heard of that guy in 10 years. So yeah, I agree. I don't think his verse was all that impressive, but it was kind of cool to hear his voice. Again. I will it was say, a, if there was it,
1: something to drag him back into the music game, this would be the album. Well, I mean, to yeah. it. They, Rage
0: was gonna go on tour before the Rona hit. Were they really? Yeah, I had friends that had tickets for it. Oh wow! So, I bet those were expensive tickets. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, probably. God, I love this album. I love this album so much. Um, I I loved like the the Dukes of Hazard, like. Intro and outro that yeah. they had for it with Yankee and the Brave. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I thought that was, that was great. It was funny. Um, I don't, how did that fit with the rest of the album, though? I don't know, I but mean, I enjoyed it. But you're totally right. We shat on every
1: think. other artist that did this this year, and we're gonna just let these two get away with it. And, I mean, we'll if it sounds what, good, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Like
1: if it's, I mean, it's definitely worth noting that it is
0: kind of weird and somewhat out of place like the first song being called Yankee and the Brave, which does have a little bit of it, and then it leads into it and if I think they just let it at, left it at that, would have been totally fine, just like oh, kind of a silly intro, it's run the jewels it's, you know, somewhat part uh, par for the course for them, but then they do bring it back at the for the last yeah. like two, three minutes of a few words from the firing squad and
1: I'm not entirely sure how I felt about that ending though to me, that little, both of those bits were no better than funeral to me They were just thrown in there and they did not tie into the rest of the album whatsoever. (laughs) I think, and we have (laughs) nailed everybody else to the cross that did that this year. And I think these guys should get that too.
2: This is different than just saying the word funeral. Like there's a huge difference. Like there's a thematic thing you're going on, even if it's a little different than the rest of it. I think here's why I like it. Because despite the anger and the aggressiveness and the, The political commentary and criticisms on this album. I think there was a really good underlying feeling of optimism and of humanity. And I think the 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 intro and the outro, um, I think just kind of tied in with like their friendship and the fact that it's two like good friends like having fun making really energetic music together. And I think it kind of fit in in that regard for me. Maybe that. If you're gonna do do two
1: friends having fun on this album, why not do something? to, like, besides in a, well, what was the song where they did it, in Walking in the Snow, besides there, like, why not call to attention the fact that, like, these are two guys from, you know, a white guy and a black guy being friends and doing this and they're both pissed off and, but why not do that versus a shitty Dukes of Hazard. That because that's the entire, the entire album, album except for those minute <laughs> thirty seconds.
0: <laughs> well, that was literally the, like the, these two guys calling attention to these issues while being friends is the entire album, right? So, so not why, only that, why
1: throw it's that the out entire for something of the discography. <laughs> so, so so why throw that out for something cheesy in the intro? Like, but why not though? These guys know.
0: did a cat remix album of, of one of their <laughs> albums. These guys do Meow really weird, ridiculous like Ugh. sense of humor things. So I do think it fits in that sense. Yeah. It yeah, is a of kind of weird that, way then. to bookend the album, I will admit. But it's pretty par for the course for
1: Run the Jewels, in my opinion. I mean, th- that stuff's definitely going to come across differently if you like the album. That's true. So would you say so It's going to come across to album? literally
0: everyone in the world,
2: except for <laughs> Eric. Eric, are you giving this a thumbs down? Or no, a thumb I mean sideways? I don't.
1: I didn't hate it or anything. I just it, this is this this album has the exact same problem that uh, what is it? the daughter's album you, "You Won't Get What You Want" has for me, and that you're it's just, just
2: digging yourself deeper and deeper and
1: deeper. I, I, I it has the, the same problem albums. as one of the best albums of the previous decade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we already know I have shit taste for that album so I might as well do this too I mean it's, it's the same problem though in that for me the way they produce the super bass heavy stuff it's just like it's hard for me to get through the album because the production tires my ears out and I don't like listening to music that is like physically difficult for me to listen to and and I'm starting to think maybe it's just like some specific frequencies that don't work for me or something, but there is there's something specific in the production, and it you you hear it too in that daughter's yeah, I, album, and it just it wears me out. I disagree with that,
0: that last statement, but I actually do completely agree that there's with this much bass, it can be really hard to listen. And as as I said earlier, for the first time all year, I really did have to turn my bass down to, to listen to sound because it's so. Bass heavy. Now, like on my on my various pairs of headphones, and my car, and my my car speakers, it's not nearly as much of a problem just because they don't output the same bass that my 11 inch subwoofer does. But before I turned the bass down, listening to this on my sound system, good God, my apartment was shaking. Like it was just like it was. It was kind of crazy just how much bass is in this is in this production and i and i completely see it like that being a turnoff and it can be exhausting with that being said when i did turn the bass down a pretty substantial amount it, can, it really brought out a lot of the other uh bits of the production it really brought out a lot of these the instrumentals which are consistently really hard really aggressive super fun and I do really love how on some of the on some of the songs as well, like um, on like the instrumental on Just, where it's a much more mellow instrumental. Or not mellow, um, simple. I guess I would say um, I, I do think those are really great breaks in between uh, some of the really wild instrumentation on these beats. Um, but the bass heaviness. Covers up a
1: lot of that. Yeah, so I mean that's Which is a shame. I, I will I will stop shitting on this album after my last point here. Because there are there are things about this album that I also did really like, but um yeah, I will never ever adjust my sound system to accommodate somebody's production. If you produced it poorly enough that I can't hear it without EQing your shit and stuff, too fucking bad. And it's it, it gets to the same problem that a lot of metal bands do. You can't just turn it down lower. And go aggressive the whole time. There's got to be breaks and it, 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 heaviness and power is in the arrangement. It's not in low, low notes constantly smacking you in the face. I mean, look at Rage Against the Machine. They did not play super low down to step, and it's way more aggressive than this is. I wouldn't. S- some
0: uh, in some ways it is way more aggressive. Or at some. Parts of Rage's discography, it's way more aggressive, but this is also incredibly aggressive. Uh, but that being said, other than what I just said, I do completely agree with your point. But that, all that said, like if I do have to EQ my sound system to bring out
1: the best of the production, you certainly did something wrong. I mean, that's the only time you've done that this year, right?
0: Yeah. And like I was saying, uh, like Lito <sighs> Pimienta, like <laughs> that is also just an incredibly bass heavy production but it didn't take away from this from some of the productions like it can't like it does at points on here
1: I mean we can all just admit that we were supposed to listen to this in a shitty 60s Cadillac with a huge sub in the trunk and we didn't so that's on us that is but, a little
0: bit on us I think we gotta we got to <laughs> get the full vibe for this but album but all of the that full on the production Atlanta vibe
1: and like admitting that I'm such a huge sucker for production that that pretty much killed the album for me Damn, the rapping was great on this album. Best God, the rapping in so year. Um, oh, yeah. I mean... Not even close. The production killed the album for me. Full disclosure. But God, I wish it hadn't because everything else on this album was just... Killer Mike and OP both God. lyrically amazing. God, just, features, I wasn't huge on Zach. All the other features, amazing. I mean... Just how... Um... Killer Mike just opens
0: the song like back at it, like a crack at it, And just like, Oh, that oh, was just <laughs> yeah. right out the gate. it's like, God damn, this is just in your face, hardcore as fuck. And I mean, and obviously like this might go down to history as the most timely musical release of all time. Like, I mean, run the jewels and Killer Mike, especially like they, he's like police brutality against the black community has always been a central focus
1: Yeah, he's been rapping Um, about that forever. He's been rapping about that since he
0: was, you know, on Outkast albums in the early 2000s. Like, he. And it finally. And it's kind of amazing that he's kind of done the same thing for 20 years now, but yet he still does it in an incredibly interesting and new way every time. Well, I mean, to be fair.
1: There's a lot People to are talk continually about. continually giving him <laughs> new things to talk about like Yeah and I of think all was, the issues to pick. That's a pretty fair issue to continue hashing out for 30 years or whatever.
0: And I both, mean, in uh in walking in the snow where he has the line like That's that like being choked just, like being choked out and like my shrieks turned to to groans saying I can't breathe. It's like up, like obviously with George Floyd, like that just happened but that song was written before the murder of George Floyd happened,
2: right. and then on well, top Eric of that, Eric Garner said the same thing. Yeah, in, yeah, it's a
0: reference to Eric yeah. Garner. But then on top of that, the exact same thing happened in Oklahoma a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I a mean, police
0: officer choked out uh, a black guy, and he was telling him like, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe," and he killed him. Uh, like
1: it, it just yeah. it.
2: Uh, that was a great track. Yeah, that, that was in the, the highway. I think that, track, that I mean, might be the best track yeah. on the
1: album. I mean, that, yeah, that, every that it might be great. Me. The best track I've heard this year. I mean, I, that track was amazing. Yeah, no, walking in the snow
2: is in
0: fucking incredible. Also, another great feature of Gangsta Boo, of uh, I believe a three six Mafia fame. Oh, the, yeah, the um,
2: that was a good feature. I think the chorus was great there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah that's a uh,
0: Gangsta Boo who she is not listed on uh, as a feature for some reason. Right. Um, but that's also not the first time she's featured on a Run the Jewels album. I think she was on Run the Jewels two. I think
2: okay but uh, yeah, the, yeah the lyrics on and i like the, the line about never forget the story of jesus the hero who was killed by the state i thought oh, that yeah. was a, a really yeah. cool line considering you know calling out a lot of christian hypocrisy that's going on right now with the mm-hmm. just the worship of of a authoritarian militaristic state when you know that probably bared some resemblance to the state that killed the savior of mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so yeah, revered
0: he is- you know, and like I, w- I was saying with Freddie Gibbs, how he may not have the best pen game. Killer Mike has an all-time
1: great pen game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, absolutely. Killer Mike can write. <laughs> yeah. God damn, can he write. I mean, and he's got good flow, too, but... Oh, yeah. But the flow. God, and, can yeah. he write. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he has great flow. One of the best deliveries, in my opinion. Just, it, it's just so aggressive and in-your-face, but still sounds really, really good. But well, his workplay like what, to get back to one
1: of Ben's points, too, like, they're so angry, this entire album, but they're not alienating people. Not like, right. like like that, that, that Jesus line or whatever, they don't call out, you know, Christian hypocrisy or whatever. The, the way they frame it is all to make the point that they're trying to make without, you know, I mean, if you're super self-conscious and butthurt, whatever, take this album how you will. I, but... But for the most part, the way they frame everything they do, it doesn't alienate people. It doesn't blame people, besides maybe the cops. <laughs>
2: but I mean, like, <laughs> there's
1: definitely a lot of cop blaming on but, this album. But for the most I mean, part, completely.
0: But, but know, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. The way they frame it, they don't. And I think this is this is why Killer Mike is such a great voice right now. I don't. And I don't know. If, did you guys listen to the speech he did in Atlanta, with, with like right when the protests first
2: started? I did not
1: I uh, caught snippets of it but I didn't do the whole thing. It's it's pretty moving and it just it Killer Mike has such a
0: way with words. He sounds so incredibly ma- mature how he handles these incredibly you know difficult and pervasive problems. And like you said like without alienating people. Like he never calls out people it's supporting police officers as shitty people.
1: On this album but yeah, I mean, he does really like, yeah it's it's a master class in being pissed off communicating that you are pissed off and you're super upset about this but while you're pissed off you're still keeping a level enough head to make good points make good arguments and win people over not not be divisive it's I mean it's incredible talent yeah Um. which, uh, which and for that reason I think like
0: Killer Mike Will go down as like one of the best like politically minded MCs
1: to ever do it. Oh yeah, no Killer Mike is great. I mean, I mean a, com- uh, out, a couple <laughs> more
0: things I, I want to say uh, the the singing at the end of Pull the Pin where it's like there's a grenade in my heart. God, that was scary. And yeah, maybe Del- Staples. Or, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. great. I, I mean, she's been that.
2: around forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was my sec. That might have been my favorite song or maybe my second favorite song. My only complaint about that was I wanted more Mavis and I wanted more Josh Homme. I felt like I just wanted more of the features, you know? How, how rare <laughs> is being it that said, we're like, that, yeah, those features yeah.
1: were great. I want more of that feature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But And this <laughs> but, is yeah, another album where like, some of my so biggest problems
0: about this album where it's like, I just wanted more of this album. This album's only yeah. 39 minutes. I wish this album was an hour long. Cause if, it, if it kept the same
2: quality for that long. Fuck, I so just, good. I know. I think it was the perfect length. I don't think I wanted it longer because even as good as it was, I think 50 to 60 minutes of just rapid fire stuff like this would get old eventually. So I thought it was the perfect length.
0: Yeah. Maybe I, I not necessarily the in length, right, but yeah. I just wanted
2: more of this album.
0: Yeah. Like this album is so good. It's so, so good. Man, if you yeah, can it, get past the base.
1: If they had outsourced the production of this, uh, it would be a, a strong contender for top for me, but. I just can't get over it with well, that it's you a know killer mike campaign for, uh, campaigned for bernie
2: so the whole outsourcing thing maybe is against the, the ethos <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so there is uh one
0: more thing i do want to talk about with it's not necessarily this month mar- this album in particular but it is with run the jewels and i know eric you, you didn't you disagree with me but run the jewels has now put out Definitely four great albums, arguably five, if you count the Killer Mike solo album that was produced by LP. They have, that's five great albums that are pretty widely acclaimed as great and like kind of like landmark, hardcore, political hip-hop albums. I mean, Metallica doesn't have five great albums.
1: I mean, like, but but... Great point to bring up Metallica here. These guys, I, 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 ass- I assuredly would have shat on Justice for All when it came out for sounding like crap. That doesn't mean it's not like a landmark album. This, yeah. this album to me sounds like crap. That said, their entire disc—oh yeah, I mean these guys are like, going to be legendary. Like, when do we
2: start putting these guys in the Goat conversation? I'm not qualified to speak because this is the only time I've really actually listened to them. But I will be checking them out more in the future for sure. All right.
1: Um, I, I mean, Killer Mike already gets a lot of accolades. Yeah,
0: that that is true. But I feel like he doesn't get recognized near as in the, as far as like the goat conversation goes. I feel like Killer Mike's not mentioned nearly as much as he deserves. Like, how many people have five great albums? Not a lot.
1: Yeah, no, that's very fair. And I I think part of it's probably because he is politically minded. I mean, that's going to. For as much as I just praised him for not being divisive, people are... It's small-minded divisive by and nature. Hurt. Yeah, so people will be upset by this, regardless of the fact that I think he makes a, a very strong effort to not be divisive. Some people are going to be mad either way. And so there's only so much you can do about that, and that makes it tricky. That, that was my biggest takeaway from this, is just how with how many... like they, Before this, they were three for three,
0: and as far as like great albums... And then this album, like, I know it's definitely somewhat recency bias, but some people are saying that this is the best Run the Jewels album. And I I don't know if that will stick. And it is definitely, because it is definitely somewhat recency bias. But man, like, it's, it's a killer record. They have a lot of killer records. I mean, and Killer Mike has done so much great music. And he has put out, in my opinion, some of the best politically minded hip hop. He has put out the... Best politically minded hip hop song of all time with Reagan off of his 2012 album, which if you guys haven't heard, I, I've
2: heard, I have heard Reagan. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. I yeah. think
0: th- that's definitely on the shortlist
2: for
1: best political hip hop songs of all time, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not going to argue but, with you. I love Killer Mike. Like <laughs> he's he's great. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just I don't the, know. I, I think Killer Mike deserves more
0: uh, more influence on
1: the go co- conversation. Right I mean. Now. The only problem is he's just he just doesn't go back far enough. I, he will. He's been doing this for twenty years, though. Sure, but but when we talk about goat, I mean, people have Kendrick in the goat discussion right now. Kendrick doesn't have five great albums. This was not as good as anything Kendrick's put out, though.
0: <laughs> Even oh, no, with I, the writing, I, 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 I do mean, agree that Good Kid, Mad City, and Pimpin' Butterfly are definitely better than anything Killer Mike's ever done.
1: I mean, those are but just that. But it's just those two. These guys it's definitely the consistency that's the thing is it's it's five really strong and and as much as I didn't like the sound of this one it's really well written I mean the arrangements the writing is just great I, I mean unless they would have to do something to screw it up and the danger you run being super political too is how well you age mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're super political you run two risks one risk is you're championing a cause that does not exist in the future you know like if it turns out for whatever reason society evolves and the cause that you were supporting doesn't turn out to be correct which i'm not saying that about this but if in the future people don't look back on this as correct and in the right state of mind that's going to be a problem and the other potential you know, risk you run is that if you get older and change your views, you paint yourself as a hypocrite and people just write you off. Those are the two things you kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think either of those is going to happen to these. Like, I think, I think this album is going to stand. I think it's going to be fine, but you do run those risks. And so you need some time to kind of sort that out. I think.
2: Has Killer Mike taken a position on, uh, the shape of the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: no, know, I the don't think he Killer has. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man, that was mean.
1: <laughs> it was, but I, I've said it like six times. I love Killer Mike, so it's okay. God, I
0: love Killer Mike. Uh, any, any final thoughts
2: on Killer Mike being the goat? Uh, <gasps> I wish I could comment, but I just have very limited knowledge of his discovery. Apparently, Killer Mike has
1: spoken out against Flat Earthers.
2: There we All go. Right. There's So there guy. you
1: go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My guy. <laughs> well, listen to this album for sure. Got uh, it. I, I would uh, still recommend listening to Freddie as well, even though you could probably skip it, but I would still recommend listening to both of these for
0: sure. Yeah, I, I, would, I would recommend both of them. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. This one listen
2: to
1: both. way more than, yeah, than this th- one wins. Than Freddie gives. Freddie's worth listening to if you like hip-hop. I, I don't know that he's going to be... He's not going to transcend genre. Yeah, this that, one has the potential to transcend some genre for people. Actually, kind of speaking
0: of that, Michelle, who notoriously hates rap and almost completely in general, she actually really liked the Rolling Stones album.
2: Oh, cool! Which is, which is very. Yeah, I would, I would think of any album. This would have been the one. It kind of makes sense to me. It seems like it's pretty accessible, despite you know that's what's great about it is despite the in-your-face ness of it, both uh, content-wise and sound-wise. I still feel like this is a pretty accessible album for most people.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think coming from a whole lot of different backgrounds, you could listen to this and enjoy it. I think you could come from electronic, and if you turn the bass down, you could probably enjoy it. You know, I mean, obviously coming from rap, that kind of stuff. I mean, even even coming from a more pop kind of background, I think you'd like it. There's some rock elements. I mean, hell, I, mean, that, I think LaRocca coming zone, from like your, a I metal mean,
0: background, you would definitely like this album, just how aggressive it is.
1: Yeah, I mean... This is this is highly accessible and it's it's funny because I've spent a long time shitting on it, but it is a really great album. It, it committed one cardinal sin in my eyes, but, <laughs> but I, I would think for 90 percent of people who don't care about that kind of thing. Yeah, it's this Our is don't well have like it out.
0: A, a sub or headphones good enough to pick up on it. You may not even notice
1: what you said at all. Makes me wonder. It could be a conscious choice, too. If you want to be bass-heavy and you know 90% of your listeners aren't listening on huge subs and shit, sometimes you make choices like that. Yeah. I'm still going to hate them, but most people <laughs> won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, definitely uh, check this out. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. And
0: uh, I think with that, we'll we'll call it. This was, this was a pretty long one. I expect this to be a pretty long one. There was a lot um, to talk about. I mean... Yeah. And I honestly, I feel like we could still keep going for... For a bit longer but we would be starting to repeat ourselves a little bit but uh, anyway <laughs> anyway uh thank you all very much for listening join us next week where we will be listening to uh paradise lost obsidian and the self-titled album from firewind and also in the meantime Uh, we're going to be bringing back another series of bonus episodes for you Uh, this round we're going to be starting with albums that shaped our musical tastes Um, so depending on however we each individually interpret that statement uh, I'm actually just even that I'm I'm interested uh, in hearing from you guys so um, yeah thank you all very much for listening and have a good night